hard work and dedication, and a silly altercation. It's Rhyming Reason 440. Hey there, Tony here, and thank you so much for tuning in once again to Rhyming Reason. And wow, we're up to 440 episodes. I know they're a little shorter than way earlier episodes, way, way back in the past when I would do longer episodes. And I found that some people did say they liked that, but a whole lot more people have said they liked the short ones. So that's kind of why I've gone that direction, to give people something they can listen to You know, in a quick little, it's kind of like a snack instead of a three, four course meal. So hope you're liking it. If not, feel free to let me know and I won't change a thing. I'm just kidding. Not really. Anyway, um, I'm talking about hard work and dedication. And as easy as podcasting might sound, in a way, it's kind of hard work. You can ask some of my friends who have done podcasts. Uh, Let's see. Greg, if you're listening, you were doing a podcast, and it was awesome. What was that called? The Funniest Bible Study in the History of the Universe. There's some archives. I think if you go on to iTunes, I think it's still on there. I still have episodes on my phone. I listened to every one of them. They're great. Uh, Greg did a great job, but you know who did a better job on his podcast was Dexter, his sound guy. So, you know, not taking anything away from Greg. Well, sort of am, because Dexter was just awesome. Anyway, getting back to the hard work and dedication part. I know it's not the same thing to everyone, because some people will be going, podcast? <laughs> yeah, what? Talk into a microphone? How easy can that possibly be? I mean, give me a break. But, you know, for an example that I always like to use, farmers. Now, they need a lot of... Uh, physicality. You know, they got to be strong because they have very physically demanding hard work. And it takes dedication to grow food. I've actually worked on farms a lot. And, you know, it, it's, it's hard work. And then there are guys who somehow manage to wrestle steel and glass and concrete into the shapes of skyscrapers. That's pretty cool. It's not just the guys. There are plenty of women doing amazing work every day. And Let's not forget those nose-to-the-grindstone musicians, you know. (laughs) Got to get that needle scratching across the vinyl record. What? Did he just include musicians in the hard work and dedication group? (laughs) I know, I know. It sounds like crazy talk, right? But musicians who truly want to make a living with their gift and skills, they do work hard. They do. They do. Maybe not the same physically demanding type of work as, you know, those other jobs and professions, but it takes a lot of work and sacrifice to be able to sing well and compose and produce music. So stop shaking your head. It does. I know. I know. Because I put in way more, way more than those 10,000 hours they talk about in motivation seminars. Ay, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't believe what I did to become whatever, you know, level of singer I'm on. Anyway, but before you, you know, dump those musicians into one box of, they don't work hard, you know, that ain't working, that's the way you do it, you know, that song from Dire Straits. Uh, Before you put put everybody together, let me just share a little bit about other work I've done. At the tender age of 12, I took on two paper routes in Pasadena, Texas. 
and I delivered the Houston Chronicle, which was not a small-town paper, by the way. It was large. Each day after school, my papers would get sent to my dad's house, which was the place where I lived, but it was his house. And I'd roll them up, you know, the papers, and I'd put them in the rack on the back of my bike and deliver them before supper and before homework and all that kind of stuff. And then can't forget the giant Sunday paper that had to go out early each Sunday morning. I'd be up early before I think I actually got to have breakfast. I think that's what I did. Maybe I actually delivered it and then came back and had breakfast. I, I can't remember. When I was 13, I was hired to tend to a uh, family's farm and their livestock while they went on vacation for a month. And that was in, uh, in Kansas. And that same summer, I learned to drive a tractor that was equipped with a, a hay rake. And that'd be all day long for days in the hot Kansas summer sun. And it, it gets really hot, believe me. With no shade in those fields, by the way, except for the trees at the edge of the field when it was lunchtime. And at 14, I started hauling hay literally for 12 to 18 hours a day. And again, that was in that hot Kansas summer sun. I spent summers in Kansas at my mom and winters at my dad. They were divorced when I was little, but that's another story. Anyway, so uh, back to the hay, you know, bucking bales onto the back of a flatbed truck. That's a lot of work. And then you take them into the barns and they got to be stacked inside and literally 12 to 18 hours a day. And I made the whopping amount of two cents a bale. And that was, it was counted as the whole load. It wasn't just every bale. uh, I mean, um, yeah, it wasn't every bale that I bucked because there's no way to count that. It was, I got um, uh, credit for the full load each time. And we do about 1,200 bales a day. After two or three summers of that, I spent one more summer laying sod, and believe me, that's sweaty, dirty work. And in high school, I had after-school jobs that included sacking and stocking groceries, bailing recyclables at Sears, and even helping fellow students with their homework. Imagine that. And right after graduation, I worked at a lumber yard for a couple years. I loaded lumber, drove the lumber trucks and a forklift, carried uh, large loads of sheetrock by hand into new construction homes because that's the setup it was back then. It certainly helped pump me up, I can tell you that, because I was able to even carry a 94 pound bag of, uh, I think they still have it, Portland cement. You know, it's uh, bags that you toss in and add water and make the cement. Anyway, I I carry a 94-pound bag of that on each shoulder from the trucks to the site, and that was by the uh, pallets full. Yeah, right, Tony. Oh, boy. And what's this got to do with musicians? Well, I'm getting to that. Now, after almost five years in Kansas, I returned, went back to Houston because my dad was diagnosed with terminal kidney failure. And I wanted to spend time with him in whatever that was. He actually lived another nine years after that diagnosis. So I did get to know him better, you know, as adult to adult instead of just dad to kid going to school. And when I first got back to Houston, I got a job as a trim carpenter. It was one of those learn-as-you-go things. And I got to tell you, hand-nailing base and casing and shelving and crown molding and more in that heat and humidity Houston can throw at you, that's, that is no picnic. 
And each night after work, after doing that for a while, it wasn't immediately, but after some time of that, uh, my brother also got hired, and he and I would uh, work on learning and playing popular songs. And then eventually we started doing auditions around the city. So carpentry by day and music auditions in the evenings, and we even entered talent shows and gong shows. For some reason, those were popular back then. And by the way, we were great. So great, in fact, that one competition, we lost out to a guy who could balance a lawnmower on his chin. I'm telling you, we were awesome. And in another show, we lost out to, let's say, a less than manly guy who disco danced on roller skates. Yeah, I'm telling you, we were the bomb. We were so good. And finally... After tons of auditions, we landed a sweet little gig in a very popular night spot on the west side of Houston. We were the happy hour duo, so we got to play steadily for five nights a week, every week. And it was the happy hour. We played from 4.30 through 7.30, Monday through Friday. And we did that for a whole year. And from that nice venue, we were able to have other venue owners and managers come and see us, and we didn't have to go do all those auditions anymore. And that got us some real nice ongoing circuits that we were able to get on. And really, we truly were off to the races after that. Because of all our hard work and dedication, we were able to play music around a lot of America after that. We traveled a lot. And then I had some awesome traveling years as a solo performer, too. I remember more than once, and this is true, more than once, a guy, typically a drunk guy, uh, would tell me in, you know, those colorful ways drunks tell you with words that you have to really listen to to get, that, uh, you know, you got it made. You don't know what real work is, dude. And then I'd get the, you know, the story of his personal hell, followed by, yeah, it must be nice, work four hours a night, sleep all day, hang out by the pool, get all the girls you want. Yeah, you musicians wouldn't know real work if it bit you in the... Well, you know, um, some rant like that. Well, of course, that's the way it is. That's just the way it is because, you know, songs just magically fall into our brains, we musicians. And we get hired right away since we already know every song that's worth knowing. All you got to do is go to the venue owner or the manager and say, look, we already know every song ever written. It just popped into our brains. Hire us because we're already good. You know, musicians are born good. No rehearsals, no scales, no vocal training required, no sacrifices of not going and hanging out and doing all the things, you know, that guys would do on Friday nights, drinking beer in the clubs and all that. No, we didn't do that. We played music. But that's not hard work, you know. Now I think about it, I almost feel guilty for having such an easy life. Almost. Okay, that does it for this episode of Rhyme and Reason. Hope you enjoy my little stroll through memory lane, back through the life of the, you know, easy life of the musician. Thanks so much for tuning in. As always, remember, life has rhyme and reason because God made you. There's a-